This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom, everyone. So happy to be here at the Light of Infinite Festival. And uh, I got the most apropos title, I suppose, that it's uh, Light of Infinite Festival, because mine is the illusion of time. And, you know, the light of the infinite, no time, no time in that light. And so you might be thinking, like, What's, what's, uh, you guys just, you just got to see my screensaver for this. <laughs> so, no time is, um, and let's, let's talk about light and the speed of light. Did you know that at the speed of light, things move, uh, slower at the speed of light, meaning that's funny, the speed of light sounds very fast, so things shouldn't move slower, but time moves slower. It's called the theory of relativity, and the, the faster you go, the slower things get. For example, if we were all sitting here right on this earth and a little group of us together hanging out, and the, and then the, the, uh, one of us, one of us decides to take a rocket off of earth, and so for all the TikToks on earth, tick-tock, tick-tock, when he's flying at that speed, whatever speed it is, now all of a sudden it's tick-tock, tick-tock, it goes faster, tick-tock. And once you start getting faster, 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 it gets slower and slower. So if he came back a year later, we would all be, you know, 365 days older, while well, that person would be uh, younger, depending how fast he went. He might be a half year younger, he might be a couple weeks younger if he didn't go that fast. But if you went the speed of light, he is going to be the same age as he when he left, basically, regarding Earth years. So he may have been gone on Earth years for 365 days, but by the time he got back to to the Earth, he's already... Like, you know, he, we're, we're a year older and he's just like the same age, you know, as when he left. So the light of the infinite means no time at all. And it gets even more interesting, actually. When you start going into the discussion of time, you know, Kabbalah teaches us that God creates the world from absolute nothingness. This world is something from nothing. And the, the, so if we're coming into existence from absolute nothingness into somethingness at all times, perpetually coming from something from nothing at all times, that means that, that there's no such thing as cause and effect. There's no such thing as time, really. It just means that this is creating, God's creating this now and now and now and now and now and now. The whole world's coming into existence right now, right here, right now. And that's how the world works, like that it's actually coming in now. So there is no time. So what is time? Well, time is an illusion. Um, some of our teachers of this generation call it psychological time. That it's a pure psychological fact. It's not a an actual fact because it's relative. For example, the Earth spins every twenty four hours vis a vis the Sun. So there's spinning 
vis-a-vis the sun, 24 hours, it spins around. It looks like the sun is setting, but really the earth is spinning. And and that passage of time is only vis-a-vis the sun. Otherwise, what is time if not moving bodies? So time and, and motion seem to be related. Well, related because time is ultimately relative. But it is uh, not of its own existence. You notice in Genesis, it never says, let there be time. It doesn't say, let there be time. It's just, time is just supposed. Also, we see that the, um, regarding the theory of relativity, the, the six days of creation and then Shabbos, those six days, the Torah keeps calling it day one, day two, day three, day four. But the sun only actually is created on day four. So where was all of this taking place exactly if our solar system wasn't yet set up? And why are you calling it a day? And uh, what is a day before the perspective of our solar system? Or before the perspective of man, uh, Adam, who was man and woman, on the, on the end of the sixth day. And it's kind of interesting if time really is coming from the perspective of God until the sixth day. How long is each day? Could each day, according to the Torah, be a couple billion years? And also, Adam seems to have two creations. So there seems to be, uh, let us make man. And then later it talks about God blowing into man a nishmas chayim, a living soul. And which seems to be Adam has two creations and perhaps the time between his birth and the time between the soul put into him could be, maybe that's the whole time of Homo sapiens before the first sold Homo sapien. I don't know. It's quite likely that all of this Garden of Eden story was taking place in the spiritual realms, which is where uh, reality actually is. Um, I know everyone's always wondering if the spiritual world exists because the physical world, you know, clearly exists, right? But in fact, the, uh, the question isn't so much whether the spiritual world exists. The question is, do, does our world exist? Why? Because, because, you see, this world clearly comes from somewhere. Everything comes from something. So this world's clearly being beamed in. It's a creation. They call it creation. It's being created. And it's therefore getting beamed in from somewhere. So wherever it's getting beamed in from is probably much more real than the image that it's beaming. For example, if you're in a theater, you know, and before the digital theaters, but an old school theater, so what's more real? What's on this being projected on the screen, which is the image, the created image, or is it more real than the cells of film shooting across the, the projector? And I would figure that, that that projector with its very strong light source and the cells of film are much more real than what's been projected on the screen. Now, it happens that our screen is 3D, so because of the three-dimensional uh, nature of the screen, it seems like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe this is real. The, the three-dimensional world, but mm, it's being beamed in. You know, they have a, same, a, famous, a famous saying, 
maybe I've said this, I don't even know. I think I heard someone say many years ago is someone's making something up. Either God's making us up or we're making God up. Now, I would definitely venture that that God's making us up. What this really, uh, what this really um, stands on is that is the, is the illusion, meaning we can't simultaneously exist with an infinite being. Either the infinite being exists and we are the projected, uh, being projected by this infinite being, or we exist and we're projecting that there is an infinite being. But they, they can't simultaneously exist. The reason why is because the infinite is uh, without limit. It doesn't have a beginning or end. And whereas finite clearly has beginning and end. Well, this world here, this physical world, it has beginning and end. It's like physical stuff, beginning and end. And, uh, and if we're being created by an infinite being and we and we don't allow th that infinite being to remain called an infinite being. It has to not end. Well, if it doesn't end, because the second it ends, it's finite. So as long as it, if it doesn't end, that means that this world is of it. We're a projection of it. And, and so the second you posit an infinite being, you're already saying that we are a projection. We are the illusion one of us has to be illusion. Or you can say we're real and we're making up an illusion of God. Um, I, again, I go with us being the illusion and God being the reality for various reasons. And uh, one of those reasons is all of the wisest people that ever lived said so. That's pretty good. You know, it's very wise people that we trust when we get in airplanes, very wise people we trust for, you know, getting into our cars and driving. 70 miles per hour or so and much 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 wiser people believed at the at the at the threat of death that it that we're being projected into existence i know some people are saying oh what do you mean all kinds of wise people didn't believe that yeah uh, i don't use the same word wise when you're referring to our sages and you're referring to those wise people Okay, they, or you want to call them, you could call them wise with a uh, lowercase w, perhaps. Not the capital w. And I'll explain why that is. The reason why that is is because the the wise people that we trust for our information are people who, even to, even to sit on the courts that they sat on, which was called the Sanhedrin, it was on the Temple Mount. Of, uh, there was a round building right where the Al-Aqsa Mosque is. And that was the, the Temple Mount. And, sorry, the, uh, the court, the Sanhedrin, was this round building literally where the Al-Aqsa Mosque is. Um, and, and the, in that round were 71 judges. You know what it took to be one of those 71 judges? Well, who did you have to be to be on that, on that? So, one of the things you had to do was you had to know all of Torah. Another thing you had to do, you had to know all of like black magic, witchcraft, everything like that. Um, not because you'd use it, but because you had to judge cases on it and you had to know it inside and out. Another thing you had to know was all languages. You weren't allowed to try a case in a, in a foreign tongue, sorry, in translation. So you had to know all languages. So to get on the court, you had to have all 70 languages. Um, another, th and all of them we happen to know knew the, uh, New languages of birds, trees, they understood the actual fiber of creation and could, could hear its, its speech 
these people um, uh, in the early days of the temple, many of them were prophets as well. And, um, and uh, uh, these were like, these people were like witnessing the miracles in the temple now all the time. And uh, another thing just that's fun food for thought is, you know, everyone grows up thinking church and state is like separate. It's, uh, otherwise it's evil. Now the truth is, I think that we could appreciate why it would have been good for us to separate church and state, at least in North America or Europe or something, but it's not an actual proper way of looking at things. The, in Judaism, the Temple Mount was the place of the law. That was the law. Uh, uh, because from Zion comes the Torah and the word of God from Jerusalem. And, um, you know, I don't know. I, I grew up like really, like, I was an outlaw, you know, like, <laughs> not literally an outlaw, but what I mean by that is I was not into human law at all, like uh, hugely rebellious against human law. If, if, if humans created structures, so I had a, a very, uh, high level of expectation for it to follow in the civil law was was not interesting to me if anything i felt like it was a uh was uh uh, uh hampering my my uh my liberties uh, whereas torah which is very libertarian torah which offers the you know the full range of of anything you want to do with your personal life besides the prophetic prohibitions which anyway who would want to, who would want to do them they're just in the way of, uh, you know, they're just in the way of our, ex our, um, spiritual quest to do the, the negative commandments. They would just block us spiritually time. Sorry. That was a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, digression. Let's get into time. If time is an illusion, as we said. That means that this is a constant experience of now. So let's call that the future over there. We'll call that the past over there. So the future is coming in to the present, moving right out the past, in from the future to the present of the past. Yeah, a lot of now is happening, a lot of now is happening. Now the only thing you can experience, which is another reason we know that time's an illusion, is that you've never experienced time. And you know, usually, Things that you can't experience are illusions. You know, they're not real. And no one has ever experienced time. Now, you can conceptualize the future. You had better because you got to make plans and you got to get ready for things and prepare. Uh, you can conceptualize the past and there's a lot of lessons to be learned from the past. And you'd better be able to conceptualize the past or you make the same mistakes over and over again. But you cannot experience them. Just like you can't experience a minute from now, you can't experience a minute ago, you can't experience a second from now or a second. What's the one thing you can experience? And it's now, 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 right here, right now. It's the only thing you can experience, just right here, right now. So why don't we snap our fingers on four, like that, double snap, so I'll count one, two, three, four. And we'll ex we're just gonna ride the now. Get ready. Here we go. Gonna ride the now. That's all there is. One, two, three. Ride the now. Ride it. Ride 
is now. My fist is the now. Let's snap on four. One, two, three. Right, the now. And what you realize as you get into the now is you realize there's a stillness within and there is a connection that you might feel in your heart to the world around you, the stuff around you, the people around you, if you got anyone around you. And it is, uh, there's nothing quite like it. And everything kind of takes on this shine of, of beauty when you're in the now. You got to, you know, hold on to it. Let's do it again. One, two, three. And stay in the now. Yeah, so that, that's an amazing access. I mean, this is like the way in, you know, and you can cut into the now and and be in it and experience it and love it. And, and of course, you, it doesn't mean you're going to be irresponsible because you remember the past, you're making plans for the future, but you live in the now. Let's ask a question. Why would you ever go for the past and why would you ever go for the future because so many people are living in this psychological time of the past and the future the past and the future why would anyone do that what's going on with you and so the answer is that the is that the there's a part of your brain called the default mode network and it's right between your right and left lobes and what the default mode network does is it sends the past into the future, like a shovel. It takes the shovel into the past and flings it into the future. And why would it do that? It does it because it's here to protect you. And so what it will do is it will take something of the past, like, for example, a hot pot, which you don't want to touch, and having touched a hot pot, every time I see a pot, I will be flinging the past hot pot that burned my hands into the future to check it before I grab it. You know, make sure it's not too hot. Uh, same thing when you're driving. Every driving experience you've had from the past is shooting into your future so that you can, pers pers uh, so that you can drive at 65 miles per hour down the highway. And I, it's an obvious question. Uh, who would you prefer drives you uh, to, you know, to Brooklyn? So would you prefer someone with 18 years driving experience or someone with 36 years driving experience? And the answer is I want the 36 years. Why? Because they're going to be throwing more of their past into the future. So that as they navigate, they're going to be using all the rich past of driving for the future. Now, here's an interesting thing is that the default mode network, what it does is it, it shuts down uh, when you're in a situation where you got to concentrate, it shuts down your environment. So if you're driving at 65 miles per hour, the highway around you and everything going on around you, the trees, the deer, the eagles flying over, they are all 
um, you don't actually see them. Your, your brain is creating what are called predictive models of what you're seeing around you. And that's why when you're a passenger, you can see like 10 deer on the side of the highway and you say to the driver, you say, did you see those deer? He's like, what deer? I didn't see any deer. And uh, recently I was getting a ride from the, uh, where were we going? Oh, we're going to Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, we're going to Brooklyn. And meanwhile, there's big jet, I guess it was coming to LaGuardia, I don't know, it was coming in, like, literally looked like it was going to take out the car, a full-on 747 heading right for the car. And I'm having a conversation with the guy next to me who was driving, and he wanted to change lanes and to turn one lane over and left, and he actually turns around and looks over his shoulder right as the plane was, like, full, like, it almost touched the roof of the car. So I said to him, do you see that plane? He was like, what plane? Because we don't see anything. We actually don't see anything. We don't hear anything. Now, when's the last time you heard the the hired guitarist who's probably paying, being paid like 750 bucks to play guitar at a wedding? When's the last time you heard any of his solos? And did you taste the food? And now you're like, what are you talking about? You took us from the highway to the to the a wedding? And the answer is yes, because you see, you've been walking into weddings at 65 miles per hour. Because just like a hot pot's in the past and you want to keep it out of your fingers in the future, and just like all the driving incidents that happened in the past, you want to keep them up in the future to protect you while you drive, so too is every rejection you've ever had, failure you've ever had, being controlled by others that you've ever had. All the un, you see, the future is full of un unknown. The future is just one big unknown. It's one giant question mark. And the, and the, and so what happens is the default mode network is doing its best at all times to take the past, fling it into the future, which means all past boo boos, rejection, failures, you name it. It's taking all those past boo-boos and flinging them into the future so that you can somehow navigate. Navigate into the future. But, okay, that might be great. What would be the problem? Well, the problem is, is that, is that you're, everything you're seeing and everything you're hearing and everything around you is all predictive models. You're not actually there. You're not actually at the wedding you're at. You're not actually in the meeting you're at. You're not, you're not around. You're not tasting the apple that you're eating. You're not seeing the sunsets. You're, you're everything. Because when you turn everything into predictive models, that means, and, and you're the 10% of your brain that's focused on what you're dealing with is, um, anyway, conceptualizing everything. Cause you, cause a lot easier to navigate concepts than it is the raw experience of life, you know, as you shoot down the tunnel, you know, so they, it's a lot easier just to, you know, it's a lot easier to, to navigate concepts. So like if I could conceptualize people and put them, you know, in a box with a little label and a, put a ribbon on it, I can maybe get, get through easier than dealing with raw people, raw experience, you know? And, and so as we get clear about time that all there is is experience. So I'm going to ask you two questions. Here we go. Question number one is you have, um, so again, future, present, past. So the for question one is, can you experience the future? The answer is no. 
Question two, can you experience the past? The answer is no. Question two is, can you conceptualize the future? The answer is yes. Can you conceptualize the past? The answer is yes. And here's the big trick question. Can you conceptualize the present? And the answer is yes, unfortunately. We can actually conceptualize the present. Not only can we, but most people are conceptualizing the present at all times. You know, with the exception when you get popped out of it by some beautiful song or some gorgeous view or, or uh, you know, something else radical happening. But in general, in general, you've been living in the conception of your own life constantly in the concept of things. When in fact, God's creating the world, something from nothing. This world is being created at all times from scratch, something from nothing. Yesh mi ayin, yesh something, mi ayin from nothing. And that being called God, that's constantly creating the world, the unfolding of the finite from the infinite is the source of this experience and he's lined your entire body with nerve endings from your skin to your optic nerves to your audio nerves to your taste bud nerves like meaning those are concentrated nerves because you got to perceive things more clearly fingertips have tremendous sensitivity they're important for our survival uh, he put even covers on them, so in case you did, you know, these are our extremities, so in case you did bang one, your fingernail would save you, like my thumb. It's a pretty radical-looking thumb, but it's thankfully that way, because my fingernail saved my thumb when I was nine years old. Um, so we even have covers for this, so like massive sensitivity here, and protective covers on the other side to make sure that... that they would not come off if I banged or, or uh, at least sliced from the top. And um, the, the uh, basically the point is for us is living in the now, right here, right now. And, and what that does also is that we have we have no end to, sorry, no aging. It's the fountain of youth. Your body ages. But you don't. No time elapses. When you live in the now, there's no elapse of time. One say I'm just going to open my door for a little fresh air. So there's, there's never, since, you know, you exist in, uh, in constant perpetuation from God, like you're being created, what the Torah says, he's, that God is perpetually creating the world into existence. means the 10 utterances of creation. Those 10 are, um, and then nine let there be. And that's what's actually perpetuating this world. And so you don't get old because you're just consciousness, pure consciousness. 
you just live in perpetual consciousness. So you're always the same age. Because who are you? Who are you really? You know, you are, you know, your pure light, your pure soul, pure consciousness. And, and that doesn't get old. It never gets old. It's worth it to take good care of your body also so that you're able to, um, you know, keep your soul hanging around for as long as possible. But you really are just pure consciousness. That's it. And being pure consciousness is, it means a few things, uh, a couple of really cool things, actually. Um, first of all, we mentioned that you never age. That's pretty cool. Um, you're, al you're always exactly who you are at all times and that's great um the time is always now so if i asked you if i ran into a year ago and said what time is it and the answer would be now and if i ask you 10 years from now or 20 years from now 30 years from now 40 years from now the answer is now and so whether you're in a young body an old body uh, in fact it might even be life's even better when you're older because you have more wisdom to stay in the now whereas a kid is kind of locked into time so don't be too jealous of kids because they're not very conscious. And um, other very cool things, what I call the four um, levels of being, um, which are just levels of consciousness. Is, uh, um, the one is that it's called the neshama, uh, but it comes with many adjectives um, because God put this neshama here, which means you're loved, you're wanted, you're important, uniquely brilliant uniquely capable, powerful, every great adjective you could ever want it comes to someone who realizes that they are a soul being perpetuated into this body, into this timeless world. And the, um, the next level is that you have in you this beautiful child, which is the child when you were a toddler. You know, there's no two children alike. And when you were a toddler, you were like so alive, so full of love, so full of creativity, so full of self-expression, so full of health, so full of vitality. You know, it was like the, probably your happiest time of your whole life. And the, it was also the most in the minute because little kids are like totally in the minute. Meaning like, don't take away their toy. You know, let's say this is their toy. Don't take away their toy without handing them another toy. You know, if you take away this toy, they'll be like, hand them this toy, and they're like, they already forget about that toy because they live in the moment. And that's the beautiful child in you. And then the next is the, um, the next is the, the kochos and nefesh. You've been given certain skill sets and I've taught many classes on this. You can find them on YouTube on the 10 spheres of personality, but, but uh, different people have different strengths. And when you're really just totally being you and the conscious you, and then you apply the strength that you've been given by the creator, you know, you're just like on fire. You know, you're just in the garden of Eden of, with your skill sets. What a pleasure to do those skill sets like that. And, um, and then the fourth level is that you can be anyone. You can be anyone you want to be. 
So, you know, I can be Mr. Helpful on the airplane or I can be the, the cleaner. Uh, today I was a janitor uh, and I was in a bathroom and I saw someone like left something in the sink that was like, not for sinks, you don't leave anything in sinks, you put water in sinks. And uh, actually the first time I went to the bathroom in there in the morning, I saw that and I was in a hurry to teach a class. So I just kept going, taught in Aish today and which was fun for after a while. And then, uh, and then, but I went back in there in the afternoon and it was still there. And I said, I'm the, I'm the helpful guy or I'm the, the cleaner and cleaner is kind of a doing, but whatever. I'm the, uh, okay, I don't know, contributor. Of, and, but I'm also, like, for example, when I finish this session, I'm going to speak to at a singles event in Yerushalayim. So who am I there? And there I am, the, the loving, compassionate, uh, loving, compassionate, but firm uh, bearer of the exact wisdom someone might need to get themselves married. And that's also online called the... Um, happy class h-a-p-p-e-y it's got an extra letter because it's six ways of expediting finding your soulmate and so and but i also run uh, seminars so uh, the possible use seminar which is my flagship flagship seminars got uh five cities so i'm like flying around going to these places and running seminars and everyone's welcome to come to them as well I've got one in Lakewood this coming week. If you want to come into New Jersey. And uh, and then uh, whatever, you can go to rabbiyomtov.com and see my schedule. I think the next one after that is a women's in Jerusalem. And then we got Muncie, New York. So Muncie and then Lakewood again, I think. Anyway, um, but when I'm in there, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm like a, a sergeant. Because there, our whole job is to, like, take people very, very deep. And if you're going to go very, very deep, you need someone who's holding the space, who's very structured. But I'm not structured. I'm flow. I'm the opposite of structure. As you may have noticed, this whole class is going like a scat, like a jazz solo. And, but in there, oh my gosh, in the seminars, structure, 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 structure. And all that structure allows everyone else to let go so that they can melt away their, the jewelry they don't like anymore and turn it into something beautiful that they would love. And so the, that's the fourth level that comes with just being purely in the moment. This is the greatest moment. So again, we've got that you're ageless, we've got that you're a soul, and all those things, wanted love, etc. We've got your beautiful child, we've got your kochos and nefesh, which means you're, they're, they're your divine factory settings. And, uh, and then we've got the, the, what I call the shapeshifter, or the vessel, where, well, whatever the situation, is it a bathroom, is it a, is it a, helping people with their overhead luggage, is it leading a seminar? Whatever the situation is, I've got it in my repertoire. Not because I know what to do necessarily, but I know how to just 
be in the moment and say, hmm, what do I got to be to do this? What do I got to be to do this? Well, who would I have to be to do that? Who would I have to be to do that? And I could just keep creating from being to doing, being to doing, being to doing, being to doing. And, um, and never get tired because, although I am tired now, but I'm tired now because I'm staring into this camera. I like to be with people. I'm a people person. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's basically the way things work. So I thought maybe I'd play you the Beautiful Child song. So let's do one song. Even though it's the three weeks Meditative songs are permissible. Although my Haredi neighbors might not know what to do with themselves, so maybe I'll shut my door. You know what? I'm not shutting my door. No offense, but I, it's just, uh, I need the air. Tune up. Didn't realize I was going to play through. I would have tuned up. My bad. Okay, here we go. It's called The Beautiful Child. When my brother trained to lead the Possible Youth Seminar, he, this song came out of him. Here we go, man. Um, I suggest if you're watching this by yourself to close your eyes and think about that beautiful child. And when you hear the words, everything you thought, all that you believed, it'll be like that. thought all that you believed is everything you thought that you were meaning all the negative thoughts you ever had about yourself and, and all that you believed is all the is believing that you that believing that you are this per, ah, what am I saying let's put it like this let's say you're playing poker and you're holding your cards you don't want anyone to see your cards. And so the inside of the cards are all kinds of negative things that people are willing to say about themselves, which is like crazy and forbidden. And the outside of the cards are what you want everyone else to know about you. So you got the inside or what, what you say about yourself. And on the outside, it's what you're showing in the world. Everything you thought is everything on what you thought about yourself, all that you believed is what you, because after enough time getting everyone to believe that's who you are on the outside, you start to believe it yourself. Here we go.
take a smaller step Take a deeper breath Let your motor cool Slow down to a crawl As your defenses fall Feel your soul refuse Everything you thought All that you believed Hold it in your hands And let it go Nothing left to fear Open to receive Setting free the child The beautiful child In you Do a little dance Sing a simple song Laugh so hard you're crying Chase a butterfly Climb a mountainside Once again you're flying The person of your dreams is coming into view Nobody can take that dream away Somebody who trusts Somebody who shares Someone like the child The beautiful child So what you realize very quickly is, as the more you understand the illusion of time, the more that you start to get in touch with the soul. And so much of this session we had today was, was about who we are in this, in this soul, in the consciousness of soul.
and you can use the illusion of time to transport yourself into the soul awareness. Good expression of this is uh, Eckhart Tolle's Power of Now. It's really supposed to be a book about time, but it winds up being a very spiritual book because you really can't start delving into time without feeling deeply spiritual. You know, they come together. And so let's all use the portal of the illusion of time to bring ourselves closer and closer to our soul, which is, comes from Hashem, which means getting closer and closer to Hashem because your soul is your fiber optic link to the infinite. And so, blessing everybody, wishing everyone love and light, the light of the infinite, from Yerushalayim, love to you. Shalom. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.